0: Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asley Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in.
1: So often we are constantly looking for just like clients who are in our niche Mm -hmm. instead of thinking about clients who share the same value as us and and Mm -hmm. we can connect on our values and that's another way to potentially attract you know a certain type of client or customer is mm-hmm. is through your values
0: welcome back to the pretty af podcast i'm your host Asley maslow and that clip was from today's guest maddie from live like Matt. maddie is a New York-based entrepreneur, she works to bring brands to their full potential through branding, content creation, and strategy. She also spent some time last year living on the road and traveling the country. So in today's episode, we chat about her living on the road and how you can do it too, even through COVID. We also talk about strategy for social media, branding, and sustainability. So without further ado, let's get into the episode.
1: I am the owner and founder of Live Like Mad, which focuses on creating brand consistency through bold content and social media strategy. My path to that exact kind of niche and uh, specific thing has been a little kind of all over the place. I uh, started Live Like Mad officially only a few months ago prior to the pandemic i was a working actress performer in new york city i had just made my off-broadway debut in new york city literally in february and then march everything closed and it's quite possibly still maybe the the worst career aspiration just in regards to how unsafe it is and how it's just it's not happening right now you know Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot of Zoom concerts and everything, but nothing quite beats live theater. So um, after realizing that that wasn't going to be a possibility for a little bit, I started to really dive into kind of marketing and design and my my kind of uh, let me flex my creative muscles still. So Mm -hmm. I just started doing little freelance things here and there. And then I really got into the world of social media and kind of social media strategy. And that's when kind of the light bulb clicked. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, this, I think I want to do this. I loved the creative side of design and everything, but what I felt like was missing often when I was just doing branding and and logo design was Mm -hmm. that, you would create this brand kit for clients and then kind of send them off into the world. And I would go and check on them on Instagram, you know, maybe a month or two later and just see every font under the sun, (laughs) every color imaginable. I know if you're a brand designer and you're listening, you've probably dealt with this where, you know, you you can't really do anything at that point, but Mm -hmm. you feel like you set them up for success and you're not really seeing it follow through. So Mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, there's a world in which I can kind of bridge that gap and work with businesses, companies, individuals to really take the brand they have, take all of that information and create not only a strategy for them, but really great content that encompasses all of that. So that's kind of my uh, trajectory Mm -hmm. for the, for now, I guess I feel like (laughs) right now it's In the last year, if we've learned anything, it's that, you know, where you think you're going to be is not always where you're going to be.
0: Yeah. The other day, my mom, like, because I have a couple different opportunities lined up and my mom was like, well, which one do you want? And I was like, I'm not deciding. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go with whatever happens.
1: You're like, I'm going to let the universe (laughs) do its thing. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Especially right now. So I know that you spent three months traveling across the U.S. while continuing to work on your business. Can you share your experience with that and any tips you have if once COVID's less crazy, hopefully someone wants to do the same?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, kind of once we had, uh, my boyfriend Justin and I realized that We weren't going to be doing anything in New York. We kind of decided, you know what, let's live out of a car and a tent (laughs) and just see nature, you know, because that just seems like the next step, right, after everything that happened. So we packed up, and it was definitely right in the beginning. It was right when I kind of started to have a more steady client, so I definitely right off the bat was taking calls in the car, you know, I was the person walking down the street looking for the bars, you know, just trying to disguise the fact that I'm in a vehicle with tents and everything behind me and trying to look somewhat professional. But at the same time, I do think my coworkers and these clients did enjoy every, every week. It was like, where in the U.S. are you now? So, um, yeah, I mean, it was the experience of a lifetime. I would go back in a heartbeat it was amazing but I think like key takeaways were definitely internet can be incredibly unreliable Mm. and as much as you research ahead of time I still feel like there are no great resources in regards to looking up like okay I'm going to you know the great sand dunes national park what's the cell service like mm-hmm. i just don't think that that resource is yet available so definitely making sure you know if you are trying to do a lot on your computer that you have a phone that has like a very large data plan cuz you'll probably need to need to use a hotspot um, mm. we ended up buying a generator which I thought was super super helpful because you're not worrying about you know a dead computer because let's be real if you don't if you're searching for internet and your computer's dead that is doesn't even matter <laughs> so we um, we had a generator which was super super helpful hmm. and then I think the one of the last things is really being communicative and saying to clients or to um, anyone you're working with whether you you know have people working for you, et cetera, just kind of really communicating your own personal deadlines. And instead of saying like, I'll get that to you soon, giving mm-hmm. a definitive date, like I'll get that to you by Thursday. I'll get that to you by this. Cause you know, you might know that you're not gonna be able to be on your phone for a whole day. And then you don't wanna cause issue with them trying to check in and mm-hmm. you're not available to check in. So I felt like communication was key. Mm-hmm. And it's still something that I've kind of adapted now to, you know, I'm a firm, give, give a date that you'll deliver on. So you also are giving yourself, you know, a written deadline. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just think sometimes we, you, I just sometimes need that, you know, you have a billion things going on, as I'm sure you know, like, so giving that, like, I'm going to get it to you by Thursday. So then Thursday comes around and you're like, okay, here's that. Uh, delivered item, but I think those would probably be my my top three things to keep in mind.
0: Where did you guys go to?
1: We went all the way from New York, and we drove pretty much coast to coast. Oh, wow. So we hit uh, I don't remember, I don't know the exact state count, but probably like. 12 or 15 states and then we hit uh 13 national parks oh. which for me I want to I want to hike all of see hike all of them before it's on my bucket list so mm-hmm. getting to I'm now at 20 so it was very exciting and it was amazing like we saw the Tetons and we saw the desert and we got to go to LA so um yes we became very good at working on a computer in a tent sure
0: <laughs> So did you just stay at the the parks with your tents? So,
1: so we did a mixture because obviously, um, you know, you can, by the the third frustration of no internet or super slow internet or, you know, a disconnected Google Meet or Zoom call. Mm. So what we, we would kind of like camp around and then we would do an extended stay at the Airbnb. So you're not like near anyone. So like a house. Mm, okay. Um, and we were pretty much just like stay put just the two of us in the house maybe go hike but um we were super big on like not seeing people so there were definitely you could do a round two another time and get to experience a lot more Mm -hmm. just things but between nature and just kind of getting to see the world's best wonders it it was incredible
0: sounds awesome so Going back to more of the marketing, branding side of things, um, I know one of the things you talk about a lot are content pillars. Can you share kind of what that is and why people need them and how to pick them?
1: Yeah, so I definitely am a big fan of content pillars just because I think one of the things that people struggle with is what do I post? Mm -hmm. A lot of people will be like, you have to be consistent. You have to be consistent. But how can you be consistent if you don't know what to post? So I like to think about content pillars because that is four or five topics, maybe themes you're going to touch on that you can kind of just go through as the week goes on. And Mm -hmm. uh, people will approach it in two ways. I have people who... You know, they'll, they'll assign a specific pillar to a specific day of the week, and then other clients will just kind of, will just look at, like, okay, here are our pillars, and let's piece them in as we see fit, mm-hmm. so I think it's a really great way if you are someone who is constantly, like, struggling with that, like, roller coaster of posting, where, like, you're you're killing it, and you're <laughs> doing it, and you're posting so frequently, and then all of a sudden, you Or like, okay, now I have no no idea. And you kind of drop off the map for a few days or a few weeks. Mm -hmm. I think kind of sitting down and coming up with four to five pillars, that is going to be key for kind of getting better at posting consistently. Mm -hmm. And how I like to kind of think about creating them or outlining them is to really think about what your dream client, customer Follower audience wants to see. I think that so often we have to get out of that mindset of like, oh, what do I want to post? Do I want to post about this? And instead try to flip that mindset to say, what do they want to see? What does someone want to learn? What does someone want to experience? And go mm-hmm. from there. So, mm-hmm. content pillars, you might choose testimonials. You might choose, I'm going to post t- a tip or a trick. I'm going to post a kind of journey or experience. So maybe that's like a before and after. I love seeing those personally. Like no. when a brand designer is like, I took this logo and made it into this. As a consumer, I love that like before and after kind of makeover thing. So mm-hmm. I definitely would, would interact with that. And I think also when you're determining your content pillars, it is helpful to almost take a step back and say, like, what do I, just as an average consumer, like to interact with, engage Mm -hmm. with, like, what am I specifically drawn to? So I think that's like a really good way to kind of go about your content pillars, determining them and then putting them to use.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people overcomplicate social media and they're like, well, what is the algorithm going to like? But if you if you think about it from, like, just, like, a person-to-person perspective, like, you're a human, too. Like, <laughs> would well, you yeah. like that? Would you comment on that? Like...
1: Exactly. No, it's so true. I, I feel like so often we, like, put our ideal client avatar, or like, our dream audience or client, whatever. We put them, like, on this crazy pedestal,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we tend to forget, like... You know, I would say probably eight times out of 10, they are also coming in contact with a lot of the information and content that you're coming in contact with, you know, mm-hmm. like they probably are watching the news. They're probably watching the same Netflix TV shows. Mm-hmm. So kind of taking that step back and exactly like what you said, you know, realizing that they are a human being too. And what, what does a general human being like to interact and see?
0: hmm. Um, as far as creating a action plan to kind of implement, maybe posting more, showing up more on social media, do you have any tips as far as that goes?
1: Yeah. So I think that I'm a firm, cons- I'm, I'm, I'll say it a billion times. <laughs> I always do like consistency is key. And mm-hmm. so you have to determine what that's going to be for you. I think so often people want to just go from zero to 100 so they're like I want to post seven days a week I want to post stories every single day I'm going to do this and this and I'm going to engage for like half an hour before and after mm-hmm. and I feel like it's almost like when we set new year's resolutions in a way and like that first week we all are killing it you know we're eating our kale we're <laughs> running on the treadmill you know and then yeah January 8th rolls around and then we're Kind of real, we're, we get exhausted or we get burnt out. And mm-hmm. so I'm a firm believer in like if you are coming from a place of really never posting or maybe posting once a month, I think start with three posts a week. Say, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to post three times a week. I'm going to go on my stories and talk to my audience because that's super important putting a face and a personality and just a human being mm-hmm. to the brand. And And then kind of go up from there. So maybe do a month of three posts and then maybe the next month you do four. I think that is kind of how to build up to being consistent.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think a lot of times we're, at least for me, I'm a lot of like the all or nothing mindset. So (laughs) a lot of times it's like, I'm either going to post every day or I'm not going to post at all for three weeks.
1: (laughs) that's me with stories. Like, Mm. I constantly am telling my clients, like, get on your stories, talk on your stories, like, show the behind the scenes. And like, this past week has just been, (laughs) my brain is like, already turning to just complete mush. Like, I was speaking to a fellow creative yesterday, and she was like, um, can we honestly just schedule our meeting for next week? Because like, 2020 is, 2021 (laughs) is already just like, taking its toll on on just everything so I I agree I'm the same way that's why I also really schedule things out just for myself Mm post-wise because I know like especially if you're someone who's on other social media accounts all day you often neglect your own Mm -hmm. you're like oh I have to edit so-and-so's real I can't like take the 10 minutes to do my own so I'm a firm like I do it ahead of time, and then I try to be better with the stories, for sure.
0: Yeah, that's definitely me, because I have, I manage a couple different social media accounts as well, and, like, I'm super consistent in all all of my clients' accounts, (laughs) but mine, it's like...
1: Right? uh, (laughs)
0: And
1: it's crazy, though, because, like, you do have that weird, like... you you always just feel like you give the least amount of attention and you have the, like all of your energy almost has run out when Mm -hmm. it comes to like, okay, now it's my turn. But like in the last week, and I'm the same way, like I I like to invest time in my own, but I'm always more concerned about my clients. But in the last like week or so, I've had like two people, potential clients be like, oh, well, we really looked at your Instagram. Mm. So it was that reminder where I was like, Okay. Definitely like 2021, going to make sure that like my Instagram game is on point and I'm being consistent cuz yeah. I guess people are actually looking at it.
0: <laughs> do you have any tips as far as stories go? On um, like cuz a lot of clients ask me like what do I even post on my stories?
1: Yeah, I think that it's all about really getting comfortable in front of the camera and I think Personally, like I am drawn to seeing people talk to their stories. Mm. That sounds funny. Talk on their <laughs> stories, I guess. Um, but yeah, I really think it's about just showing your personality and kind of showing that more authentic or spur of the moment side is really important because often, like, our feed is so curated mm. that, you know, I think it's good to give that more behind the scenes or talk about your process definitely I'm a huge fan of utilizing all of the little interactable elements that Instagram offers whether Mm -hmm. that's questions polls uh I'm gonna say gifs or gifs whichever you prefer (laughs) because I know there's an ongoing battle about how to say it music, all of that, like Instagram likes to see you utilizing them. Mm-hmm. So figuring out like creative ways to do so I think is really, really important.
0: Sorry to interrupt, but if you've ever wanted to work with me, but you might feel like you're not quite ready for one-on-one coaching, then I wanted to let you know that I do have three courses on my website. So if you had to, asley Maslow, Dot com and click courses you will see my branding masterclass where you can learn how to create a brand kit. You'll see the digital academy of social media where you'll learn how to be a social media manager like I used to do and you'll see three day slay which will walk you through how to slay your social media in just three days. So be sure to check it out if you've been wanting to up your digital media game and your online brand presence i'll let you get back to the episode yeah i definitely agree and anything that you can put on there that gets people to engage even if you're like do you like this for breakfast or this for breakfast like it still then helps exactly. your like yes. important posts reach them basically
1: mm-hmm. and people love love doing them I know personally like when you get to push the poll button like I I enjoy it because I also like to partake so I can see what other people voted for
0: me too sometimes I'm like I don't really want to but then I'm like well I want to see what other people
1: say (laughs) me too so I'm like oh I guess so and then there you have it like that person who posted it benefited because I wanted to see what other people voted for so Mm -hmm. yeah definitely just trying to it and also it, it is beneficial to kind of correlate time wise okay i'm going to put a story up because i have a post going up soon and trying to like increase engagement before you're posting mm. definitely okay. is beneficial as well
0: do you think it's better to have more engagement or like if you're going to go and engage do you think it's more important to do it before a post or after a post or both
1: I I kind of follow the 15 before and 15 after mm-hmm. kind of philosophy. I think the biggest thing, and I, I saw a really funny TikTok about this the other day that was like, you know, someone's a social media manager. They have like really bad like engagement skills. They weren't saying like all social media <laughs> managers are bad, but they were just like, stop writing those canned responses. Like, please, for the love of God stop writing, like, love this, hard eyes, like, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. they were like, try to make an actual, genuine, like, connection. Show them that you read the post if it's got a lot of text or show, like, you know, that they, that you looked at their feed. So I definitely think, like, I like to kind of stick to before and after, Mm -hmm. but I think it's better to maybe interact with a few less accounts, but you're really taking the time to, like, make make it something special, as opposed mm-hmm. to just being like, I must like and comment on everyone's <laughs> things. So they'll see my post. You know yeah, what I, mean? I think, personally, I, I just think that's better. Because down the line, like, I, I try to stress this all the time. I don't know how much of this you've dealt with. But like, potential clients or, or people who are like, I just want more followers.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And trying to stress that, you know, if the goal is, you know, down the line to get a book deal, You want a high engagement rate because once you secure that book deal and you start selling that book, Mm -hmm. if no one is engaging or no one's really interested, you just have either fake followers or unengaged followers, like you're not actually going to sell the book. So Mm -hmm. I try to always stress that like engagement is way more important than like just gaining like fake followers who are flaky.
0: Yeah. And they, I know on Instagram, they recently changed where... Because it used to be, like, if you are in, like, a, if you use a certain hashtag and then you're in that hashtag pool and you usually get, like, a 100 likes and the top ones have 50 likes, then you're going to get in the top. But now it's based on the percentage of your engagement. So, like, even if you have a smaller account but you have... A higher engagement rate than a bigger account, you'll still rank higher in the top posts for those hashtags, because you're um because they changed how the algorithm works. So it's even. Which I
1: think is so smart because mm-hmm. I think so often like people see these accounts that have like half a million followers and they feel like oh my god like I'm not ever gonna sell my product or get in front of people, but. Sometimes if you actually get to go like behind the scenes of those accounts, mm-hmm. you get, I, you become shocked because you're like, oh my God, you're getting, you have half a million followers and you're getting like 80 likes. Mm-hmm. Where is the disconnect?
0: Yeah. Or I know some clients I've worked with, they've had like 30,000 followers and you assume that their business is booming because they have all these eyeballs on their stuff. And then a lot of times you find out that they really, they have a lot of followers, but no one actually buys from them. And then yeah, you'll that's, work with that's someone for sure. Yeah. You'll work with someone that has like a thousand followers and their business, like their bank account is
1: way bigger. <laughs> Literally. And another thing that I think is something that I'm realizing is so many people are, are, they sometimes have this mentality where it's like, Oh, I just want like, you know, this like million count or like this account that has like 100k to give me a shout out, Mm -hmm. and I think that's great, and like that's definitely awesome. But I always stress that, like, it doesn't matter if they give you a shout out and are directing people to your page Mm -hmm. if your content is not good, yeah. Like, that doesn't you have to give people a reason to stay if they Mm -hmm. come over and they're like, Oh, okay, then it doesn't really matter if you're getting visibility from that other account, so it's Mm -hmm. like the few accounts that I've seen grow rapidly because they've gotten like a mention or someone's like, you have to check this account out. It's because like they have been working their butt off in the content department and like they are posting consistently, they are posting really great stuff and they're like super engaged on their stories. So Mm. I think that that's something to keep in mind as well, that like just getting a mention from an account that has a million followers is not going to be like your overnight (laughs) Success. Yeah, yeah. As much as we all wish that would probably be, be the nice. case for our clients, <laughs> that doesn't usually happen.
0: Yeah, definitely. As far as figuring out what your brand voice is, whether you're a company or a personal brand, what advice do you have on trying to figure that out?
1: Yeah, so I think I think it's just really important to take a step back and say like it's a little bit different if it's more of a company and you're speaking on behalf of everyone but for me as a solopreneur as other people who are like sole business owners like Mm -hmm. I like to think of my business and brand as a continuation of myself Mm -hmm. so I think that that's a good place to start I like to think that if someone saw my work or saw like a comment or maybe like heard something they would know like oh that's that's maddie that's live like mad they could kind of correlate the two Mm -hmm. but I think that's really important and I think that also is really important when it comes to values Mm. I think that as much as like brand look and brand aesthetic is great I think brand voice is really important and within that, like, brand voice category, I think you also have to include brand values. Mm-hmm. I had a really interesting conversation with a creative named Kay- Kaylee, and she was like, you, so often we are constantly looking for just, like, clients who are in our niche mm-hmm. instead of thinking about clients who share the same value as us. And, and mm-hmm. we can connect on our values, and that's another way to potentially attract you know, a certain type of client or customer is, Mm -hmm. is through your values as well. And I think in the last year, six months, six hours, (laughs) we have kind of seen how personally, like, that is important. And Mm -hmm. that consumers are now looking for brands or looking to work with people or hire people who share the same values. So I think Mm -hmm. that, as much as we want to just emphasize like our brand aesthetic and what our brand looks like and all of that, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. But I think at the core, it should be, if it's you as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like a continuation of you and the values you have.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think too, that, like you said, it just makes it so much easier when someone is going and, like, they're, say, deciding who they want to have as a social media manager. And then they find one that they're like, oh, well, we have, like, these three things in common. Like, obviously, as long as, like, their work is the same, they're going to go with a person that they have more values in common with.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I think, like, even on the other end, like, when you as a business owner are like looking to take on clients mm-hmm. I know I de- definitely can tell like okay this is someone that like I want to work for or work with because like you just said we share similar values
2: mm-hmm.
1: because like you do have those occasional calls and and you know like you spend a lot of time working on this person's content and strategies so Personally, like, I want to also be invested in their values as well.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: As far as creating a brand kit or creating a logo, at what point do you think, say, a solopreneur should do that?
1: I have lots of different opinions on this, only because, (laughs) I don't know about you, but like, I still have not picked, like, a definitive color palette that I've stuck with. (laughs) I'm not good at that by any means. Yeah. I could pick it for someone else, like I could like tomorrow be like, okay, this is your this is your color palette. But when it comes to my own brand, I'm always like, ah. So <laughs> I think it's important, but I I think that so often we can hide behind an aesthetic or we get so fixated on like what's trendy and what's new mm. that we can kind of make our brand really I don't want to say blase, but neutral or not memorable like mm-hmm. as much as you laugh at some of the logos or branding done for you know huge big names big companies that have been around like i always think about apple and how mm-hmm. kind of simple and streamlined the the branding is the logo but it's memorable and it's unique to them so i mm-hmm. think that you'll kind of know when it's the right time. I think it takes a lot of brand development in in regards to who you are and what you do. Mm -hmm. And then I think that will inform kind of the look. And like we just talked about, kind of having it be an extension of you. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly, personally always wanting to use like, secretly wanting to be like into bright colors and, and all of that. And I can just never kind of cross the threshold because that's just not me. You know, I don't, in my day-to-day life, I don't own a lot of bright colored clothing. I just, I'm like a neutrals through and through. So as much as I want to say like, oh, that's, that's me. Like I'm definitely, (laughs) you know, I'm a colored, like I'm a, like a yellow and, and teal and all these colors, like. I can never commit, and there's a reason, because it's not really a continuation of me, because it's not me on, you know, a subconscious level.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like mine was so easy, because I've always been obsessed with, like, pink and glitter and unicorns, so I'm like, okay, well, that's my brand, (laughs)
1: done. (laughs) I wish, I so wish, like, literally, I... I told myself with my like most recent logo, I've had it for two, three months now. I think once I got my LLC and was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm a business. I was like, okay, you have to like stick with something, yeah. and you know, you can you keep it for a while, and then you could do a rebrand later. But prior to that, it was like every week was a new <laughs> look iteration of it's like a different way you can take three words and and organize them or mm-hmm. all of that. So. I told myself, no, I'm sticking with it, but I'm definitely envious that you could just that easily be
0: like, yep, this is it, done. <laughs> I mean, it helps that. Most of my clothes are pink as well, so <laughs> it's easy. There you go.
1: Your brand photo shoots, you're like, done. <laughs> know what I'm wearing. Yeah. Perfect. That's amazing. That is so nice to have.
0: <laughs> I guess it does make it kind of more difficult when you know how to make logos and create brand kits and put colors together because you, a lot of entrepreneurs, once they work with someone and they do that for them, like, they don't really have the option to go and, like, try to change things. (laughs)
1: Literally. I know. I I kind of reached a point where I was like, should I just hire someone else? Mm -hmm. But then you feel funny, like, oh, like, I kind of do this, so it's weird to But then again, like, I... I think it's like that, like, I can do it for other people, but, like, you know yourself or, I don't know, it's a personal thing. I know there's other people who from, like, day one, they're like, my brand, it's, like, red. It's red and it rocks, and Mm -hmm. I'm over here with different things all the time, so who knows?
0: Um, So I was looking through your social media, and I noticed one thing that you talk about is sustainability, So I wanted you to share kind of why that's important to you and maybe a couple ways that we could have less waste.
1: Yeah, for sure. So being the national parks lover that I am, I'm a firm believer in wanting it to be something for, you know, my grandchildren and grandchildren to come. Um, Mm -hmm. Just because I think about how cool it is that my grandparents and their grandparents you know, went and saw these national monuments, went and saw these incredible things. Mm-hmm. So I'm a firm believer in not destroying them mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, 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 want the, I want everyone to get to experience them. Um, so that's kind of what spurred it. And I really love, especially the New York sustainability, like zero waste scene. I uh, got to work at a zero waste store for a little bit And I really enjoyed the community and just, like, the creativity and openness that comes with it. I love that it's very much all about solving problems. Mm -hmm. And I think right now, like, we have definitely dealt with a a step back at times. You know, I think about, like, you right now are not going to be able to bring in a reusable mug to a coffee shop because Mm -hmm. it's just safety, you know, safety is the number one right now, which I completely understand. But there are those frustrating moments in the beginning. I remember it just like dying slightly (laughs) inside, you know, with how many just certain things that I normally just wouldn't do. Um, Mm -hmm. But some easy, easy swaps are definitely like when we can, bringing a coffee mug to a coffee shop. Mm -hmm. I always say it takes that like first time of doing it. And and normally, I feel like people are pretty cool. You might have that one barista who's like, what? Mm -hmm. But I just got to jump over the hurdle and go for it. Um, I think another really easy thing that is also a huge money saver is um, investing in bar towels as opposed to paper towels. Mm -hmm. So bar towels are just like a fancy way of saying like, like uh, cloth napkins, Okay. And they just, bar towels tend to be a little bit better because they're more absorbent. Mm-hmm. But, like, a pack of maybe 12 is, like, $25. Mm-hmm. And I have had, we have had them for, like, probably almost two years now. Mm. And you just kind of, like, use it, clean everything up. We use it for literally everything. And then you just throw them in the wash and wash them. Yeah. Um, so it's an amazing, like, expense that we... Are like like don't even have to think about now. So um, I think that's also one big thing is that people often think that it's expensive to be more sustainable, mm-hmm. and I think it's definitely expensive when you're not kind of utilizing things you already have. But that's one of the most important elements of sustainability is not you know going out and getting the cool hipster <laughs> mason jar. It's you know <laughs> getting your Indian food in a jar and then you know washing it out and taking the label off of it and then oh look mm-hmm. there's your cool you know mason jar that you now own so I think that it it often gets a bad reputation just from a price perspective mm-hmm. but um I definitely think there's just little little actions that we can all do in, in our day-to-day that are super beneficial and one last, like, fun one that I, we really got into was composting. So we would put all of our scraps in the freezer and then bring them to... We would bring them into New York or, like, I would bring them down the street from my apartment and just drop them off every every week. And mm-hmm. it was a huge way of, like, the amount your trash will go down is astronomical. It's mm-hmm. insane. And also, like, your trash doesn't smell yeah, because everything you're throwing out like doesn't decompose. It sounds kind of gross, but, you know, it's just paper or like maybe I'm, not, I'm look, literally looking around, um, <laughs> you know, it's like things that don't start to decompose and kind mm-hmm. of rot in your trash can. There's definitely things you can and can't compost. So be sure to look that up. You can't put like animal byproducts or anything like that in it. But yeah, we definitely miss it because New York City the, from the time we had you know right at the beginning of the pandemic they shut down mm. the composting services so they, it just became really hard to do so
0: mm-hmm. what is a sustainable store
1: <laughs> so basically I've if you've ever heard of package free shop that's the name of it in New York I mm. was obsessed with it in college and then I finally like got to work there and it, like by sustainability like journey went full circle so they basically sell like a lot of products to help you along your sustainable journey Mm, so it could be anything from like a a, like a tumbler to bamboo toothbrushes because you can pull out the brushes and you know compost the bamboo to metal ice ice trays so there's pretty Mm. much no plastic
0: okay
1: in the store Mm -hmm. it's either like silicone wood paper it's it's they're very big on that and then also what they really emphasize is their shipping has to be plastic free Mm -hmm. and they're all of their like labels or you think about like you know you go to Costco and how much like plastic (laughs) is around just that one item yeah like they have really strict requirements for kind of stocking an item and like what the item is made out of. So um, it's really great. They're popping up in more areas. And they'll Mm -hmm. also kind of usually include like a bulk section. So you could get bulk soaps, Mm -hmm. bulk foods. But yeah, I really enjoyed it because you just kind of met people. You either met people who are really far into their sustainability journey. And so Mm -hmm. you were like, wow, I feel like an amateur (laughs) because they are so hardcore or you met people who you know were brand new and were kind of exploring and maybe their purchase there that day was kind of the first step they were making mm-hmm. so yeah I would definitely like you could there's we saw one in Denver Colorado there was kind of like a sustainability bulk place but yeah they're mm-hmm. definitely becoming trendier and popping up in more places more cities mm-hmm.
0: while I'm drinking from my plastic cup <laughs>
1: hey but that no but like you're you're you know it's not like a plastic water bottle that's true See, that's that's the thing it's like you're not you're we can't that's oh this is plastic you know like wow. yeah, this is better than if I went to like go get a plastic water bottle so mm-hmm. yeah I'm definitely not at the place of being like completely plastic free I wish it's definitely also something that is a privilege to try to live that kind of lifestyle because mm-hmm. it's not accessible for everyone. But I think it is exactly that. It's like noting the small changes you're making. If you are someone who like drinks plastic water bottles at home, like mm-hmm. maybe invest in a reusable cup that you could use instead or a cup. If you're someone who is like a Starbucks lover, instead of getting, you know, the to-go cups every day, maybe start bringing in when you can, Uh, a tumbler or a uh, real coffee mug
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I have started um, bringing my own straws because I love using straws and a lot of restaurants here like got rid of them so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) something
1: (laughs) yeah I I, like love the the glass straws Mm -hmm. like I just think they're really cool but um, I don't really carry them around because I'm like I'm gonna break this but (laughs) Yes, definitely the straw thing for sure. I had like I had like a um like a bendable one too mm-hmm. because when you're in the city, you're like I don't want to carry around all these things. So it was like pop, you could like it was like pocket sized, mm-hmm. and it would like unravel to the straw. It's
0: mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, I have one. I don't of... really use it anymore because
1: <laughs> I'm in my house. But
0: right, <laughs> I have one of those, and then I have this metal straw that like collapses into itself. And then it's, like, Mm. in, like, a little tube thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, These are perfect
1: because you can just, like, throw it in your purse. mm
0: Mm-hmm. So I know we just talked about sustainability, so that is obviously one way to give back. But I wanted to ask you um, if there is any other ways that you felt passionately about giving back and what makes you want to do that.
1: Yeah. So, um... One of the best ways I got to do this was when I was doing a, per, like a Christmas production in Syracuse, New York for um, the holidays. We were doing Elf the Musical, and we had a sensory-friendly performance. Mm-hmm. So that's basically when they adjust certain elements of the show, whether that be through tech or maybe costumes, so that it can be friendly for anyone who has issues with certain sensory elements. So it was really just an incredible experience. We got to meet people afterwards and just getting to kind of share theater. I think that's a big passion of mine through Giving Back is like getting to have those moments where you get to share that art form with either people who have never experienced Mm. the arts before or have or, you know... Definitely have to experience the arts in a different way, and trying to make it accessible for so many different people—that's definitely a, a huge passion of mine, and and something I, I I miss. And I think it's it's sad to think about like the arts programs that are not currently happening for kids who yeah. maybe really need it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, in, a, in especially in a time like this. So I think we're definitely getting creative with how to still continue to to bring the arts and to bring that to people who need it. Yeah, that's that's something that really has always stuck with me. And I hope to do more of that in the future, for sure.
0: Love it. I know when I was a kid, I loved, like, dance and theater and art. Those are always, like, my favorite classes. So hopefully they'll bring it back for kids.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right?
0: So I want to get into your best tips to being pretty AF what is Mm -hmm. your number one tip for travel
1: travel I think um it would have to be that like the time is now and the time like I'm a person and I think after experiencing what I just did over the past few months I dream of one day going to like Paris or something like that and I think that I'm a firm not a firm but I tend to like fall victim to being like oh I'll do it eventually like Mm -hmm. I will I'll I'll see the national parks one day. Like I'll do this one day. And I think that, you know, obviously right now that's not a possibility, but kind of realizing that like you need to actively make that happen and you need mm-hmm. to figure out like okay, if I if I have to work like extra hours this month so that way like next month I will actually book this trip mm-hmm. and go on it. I think that that's my biggest thing is I'm a I'm bad at like taking time off or or making the active decision to like okay I'm not going to do this so I can go travel Mm -hmm. that would be my tip is like keep the mindset of like the time is now to go do this thing I have always dreamed of doing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely I've always wanted to go to like Italy and Paris and like I'm always just like well I'll do it eventually
1: (laughs) right and then I just like have this fear like that I'm gonna be you know, in my 70s and I'd be like, Oh my God, I still haven't gone to Paris yet because I could never like step away and like miss out on one thing, you know, Yeah, or like hire a virtual assistant for like two weeks. So I could go do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: What is your number one wellness tip?
1: Well, my wellness tip that I'm trying to follow is to drink more water. Mm. I just, I, as you saw during this entire call, like I literally have two beverages (laughs) here to try and in 2021, do that because I just feel like I'm constantly dehydrated. But my real wellness tip would probably be to every day, try to find something to move your body. I'm not like a huge... Like, you have to do this you have to do this like mm-hmm. during the month of May during the pandemic I was I, I came up with this like move it May thing that I kept annoying my poor boyfriend about <laughs> because like every day I'd be like come on it's move it May we have to do something and it would be like okay we're gonna like walk around the neighborhood you know or we're gonna go to gonna go hike in like more upstate New York we're gonna go do a workout or to do a yoga class online, like whatever it was, I think I like to set the boundary of like, it doesn't have to be so specific, mm-hmm. especially on those days when you're like, I don't, the last thing I want to do right now is work out. Mm-hmm. What can I do that will like make me excited? Is that taking a yoga class? Cause I also affirm, like I love to go to the gym I like to go to classes. Yeah. So this has been like definitely an adjustment period. So I think I've also had to kind of adopt a new mentality around it because normally I'd be like, oh yes, like I can go to like Orange Theory today or I can go like take this yoga class at this studio, and that's not happening. So Mm -hmm. trying to figure out ways to like still love to do it because nothing is worse than trying to like go run on the treadmill or run in your neighborhood when you don't want to mm-hmm. I, I just end up being miserable if you can do it like kudos to you
0: yeah my uh sister-in-law like loves running and I'm like oh, I don't I don't get it
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, tr- I'm slowly trying to like I I have days and I'm like oh like I love this and then there's other days where I'm like why do I why am I trying to love this like I <laughs> totally get that feeling of watching someone and being like how do you just like love this like I yeah I just, it doesn't click that easily for me.
0: hmm. Um, so what is your number one life tip?
1: Life tip. Um, I would definitely say my life tip, and if I've learned anything in the last six months, is that you have to just trust, like we were literally talking about at the beginning of this call, like trust that the universe will try and point you in the direction you're supposed to go
2: Mm.
1: I think it's easy to be so like I want this to happen this has to happen like this is my trajectory like this is what I want to happen and that isn't always the case and I think the universe loves to remind you that (laughs) hey you're not in charge because truthfully if you had asked me where I was gonna be a year ago I would have been like oh I'm gonna be performing here I'm gonna be like traveling to go do shows and x y and z and like here I am a year later owning my own business you know spending all day on business you know like we just don't we don't know what our lives are and Mm -hmm. and now I've kind of see this whole different opportunity for the future and for like kind of the marriage of the of both things and it's exciting and it's something that I never would have done a year ago so I Mm -hmm. think like trust in Your gut, but also trust in the universe, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think this was kind of the year of stop trying to decide everything (laughs) that's going to happen and let what happens happen. Right?
1: I feel like if you were type A, if you are a type A, this last year was just, it just was like a, it was just like a slap across the face. It was like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't get to, you don't get to plan all the time, so... Those, I definitely feel that as well.
0: All those Enneagram ones are not happy <laughs> right
1: now. <laughs> Literally.
0: So, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to answer all my questions and share all these tips with us. How can people find you, connect with you, work with you? All that yeah, stuff.
1: definitely. So, um, I'm over on Instagram at Live Like Mad. Uh, come on over say hi let's connect um, and also my website is live dot co, <laughs> and my email if you want to send me an email it's linked pretty much everywhere but it's maddie m-a-d-i at live awesome
0: and is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to
1: I think we really we really covered <laughs> the whole gamut for sure
0: all the things I try to give like I feel like so many podcasts and blogs and all, like, only show you, like, someone's expertise and they don't really show you them as, like, a whole person. So, like, that's kind of Literally. my goal is to, like, show, like, the person as a whole versus just, like, one thing.
1: I And I think, like, we talked about there's so many times that you end up having something in common with someone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, they they do this too. Like I have to connect with them because we're, we have like similar paths or we're into similar things because I do think we just tend to be like, this is what we do. This is what I do. And we don't always showcase kind of the other things as well.
0: Yeah. So this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I feel like pretty AF, for me, has like a similar connotation with live like mad, and so like if we were using the the uh, full-blown version, <laughs> I think it's kind of doing everything to the fullest. Mm-hmm. It is whether it's your career, your passions, your you know your anything you do to give back. I think that it's doing it to the fullest, and it's doing it AF, and it's just doing it to its full extent and and the importance of doing
0: that. Thank you so much, Maddie, for joining me on the Pretty AF podcast and answering all my questions. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to check out the show notes and give her a follow, send her an email, all that good stuff. And I will see you on next week's solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzie Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.